Hello everyone, this is Fahim Jackson and this is episode 87 of my podcast show, In The Know. This podcast is aimed at trying to guide people through the world with a variety of topics. I am also using this platform to ask questions and try my best to answer these questions with my viewpoints of the world around me. The following episode introduction speech is for the topic of today. And that episode is regarding, are we truly born into sin? As a child growing up, I remember hearing in the Christian church everything having to do with sins. To me, I never understood how so many people were governed by words in a book. But it's words of inspiration in a book for me. Yet to someone else, it means more than that. So in the case of sins, this person or people will make sure their lives align with the principles of God. No one wants to live in a life of sin because you don't want to have to answer to God on Judgment Day. Which is why we try to align ourselves with His words as much as possible. Will we always get it right? No. You know what? We can't because it would mean we are perfect beings. And no one is perfect and without flaws, because if we were perfect, there would be no such thing as a sin. So in order to understand if we are born into sin, let's first observe the idea of a sin and what it means to be sinful. Are we truly born into sin? What is a sin? Well, the definition for what a sin is, is the immoral act that goes against divine principles. And when these divine principles are broken, the person that broke them has to know they are putting themselves in the direct line of God's sights. These are not the good sights to be in because They don't align with what God would define as righteous. A righteous life, to the best of your ability, is something that does not 100% guarantee you a space into heaven, but what it will do is put you in a better light. Now, there's no way to do everything right. Why? Well, you are born into sin. That is why I say to the best of your ability when trying to live a good life, because trying to live a perfect life is not something that any of us can amount up to. The only thing that sins are actions that go against God's perfect ways. Shockingly enough, humans cannot be perfect. Here's where repentance takes hold. And repentance is admitting wrongdoing and or remorse for the sins of your life. So even though we are born into sin and sinlessness is perfection, God understands and gives leeway for man to get their lives in order. Also. Confession to God allows him to see how you are coming to him in good faith. You might also ask yourself, what is the reason for these sins being set forth? Well, what are sins per- why are sins purposeful? As God has placed these sins before his people, there's a reason that these sins exist. And the purpose goes all the way back to the original sins which outline the human nature of all of us. In the Garden of Eden, where Eve was created from the rib of Adam, 
While in the garden, Eve commissions Adam to eat from tree of life. They see their nakedness and hide from God. This sin forces God to have to hand down a punishment to both of them. Here's where human nature pops up, which aims to understand how tantalizing resources can be, even when we should not be touching anything we should not. But it also gives us an understanding when you tell people not to do something, that is the one thing they want to do. Eat from any area of this garden, just not this tree. But remember the serpent in the story, the snake in the grass, which breathes the temptation that we all have. There are other sins that are purposeful, main sins that aim at trying to connect all people to one standard of living. And that, for instance, is the seven deadly sins. What are these seven sins? These seven deadly sins are a universal understanding for what God expects from his people. They are outlined as such. Greed, envy, pride, lust, gluttony, sloth, and last of all, wrath. These sins make up the overall characteristics of humanity that usually leads to our demise and how we move throughout our lives. I will have an episode next time discussing more in depth regarding these seven sins. Let's first look at the basics for the sins for now. First is greed. And what does this mean to God as it pertains to being sinful? Greed is the excessive desire to own and or have things in excess that goes beyond what is deemed necessary. This usually results in having a negative impact on the lives of others for your own benefit. For example, you're a millionaire, but the money you could make to become a billionaire in a company could result in a loss of jobs to others who need their employment. What about envy? Envy is the sad and resentful traits toward another person based on that person's possessions, meaning someone who's in a middle-class neighborhood with a simple 3,000-square-foot home, yet you continue to covet what your friend has living in their 15,000-square-foot mansion. The sin comes from a lot of times willing to gain pleasure from other people's misfortune. For example, seeing the man with the mansion, you envy, lose his home. Next comes pride. Now pride, on the other hand, is the excessive admiration of one's self-own. One's own self. Putting your own interests before the interests of others as well. A prideful person might be someone who takes on over-the-top interests in keeping with their own appearance. Pride is also someone who refuses to admit fault because this inner feeling of strong interest and admiration won't allow them to do so. Next comes lust, which is described as a longing desire or unbridled sexual desire for someone. This tends to lead to sexual immorality, such as adultery, bestiality, and even rape. The person who lusts may see someone they have been longing to sleep with, and all they do is perform self-stimulating sex acts when thinking about the person. Well, next comes gluttony. Gluttony comes in next, which is the overconsumption and overindulgence of anything that leads to waste. We know food to fall into this sin the most. A person who could be described as obese is someone that is a glutton. They have eaten themselves into a position where they cannot even live a functioning life. In the next slot pertaining to the seven sins is sloth, which is mental state 
that will give a rise to boredom, passiveness, sluggish mentality, and laziness. And last of the seven senses, wrath, which is the uncontrolled feeling of hate or anger. When a person is self-destructive, their self-destruct behavior can lead to rage, which turns into violence. Wrath can also involve revenge and impatience. What is the psychology of the sins on the psyche? Now that we have finished the section that observes the daily sins, what are some of the main ways that the idea of a sin has effects on our mind? As I have stated before, there are seven deadly sins which have a bigger impact on us than any other sin. Because as time progresses, for instance, in America, we're moving away from biblical sins and closer to these known seven sins that arise from Christians. And if we want to elaborate further, let's put the two sins together. What are those sins? The seven sins and the rules to follow by the Ten Commandments. Now don't get me wrong, not everyone is a Christian, but these sins still have an impact on their lives as well. The idea of greed in the human mind keeps us from taking more than we need. Or living in alignment with the thought of being happy with what you have in life. The sin of envy on the human brain is something we struggle with. Because we always see someone with more than us and think of a better way. This is tough since envy is a natural thought which sometimes propels us forward into success sometimes. Yet it can also be a major downfall as well. Our pride next can get in the way of our survival. We try not to be prideful since the things we are proud of can be taken away so easily. If vanity is what you pride in, what happens in case of a car accident? Ever thought about that? Next comes lust. And this impacts on our minds, our fears coming to fruition in a more serious manner. What do I mean by this? I mean lusting for someone has turned into stalking and even assault on that person. It can turn for the worse when it prolongs over an extended period of time. The fifth sin, gluttony where people fear the overindulgence of food, for instance. What's funny about this sin is people who are atheists even use the term glutton from time to time to describe someone. So most people get to a point where they stop from overconsumption, so they don't hit that sin level. Coming in at six is sloth. And here's when we work to keep our homes clean. Clean clothing, clean bodies, simply because we seek to fall in line with not being sloth. These lazy, sluggish ways can have not just sinful effects, but negative social consequences also. And the final being wrath works to control because no one wants their anger getting the better of them. Losing control means falling off the deep end. Now since we have covered the seven sins that affect our mental state, what about the Ten Commandments laid out in the Christian Bible? Here is where the sins of the Bible come into play. No one, no other God coming before myself sticks in the minds of people, but can be seen as a problematic by some others. Reason being is that not everyone believes in the same God as yourself. So this tends to be a tough spot to be in. Next comes thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. 
Here we see that images in the likeness of the Lord through man is something we see in television and film. The example would be the Passion of the Christ. To us, it's a movie. But from a Christian standpoint, it is supposed to be off limits. The third commandment is using the Lord's name in vain, which we do on a daily basis. How does this translate into the sin that keeps us from using this in our language? We say words like gosh darn or holy smokes instead of Jesus Christ. Next comes remembering the Sabbath, which we all rarely acknowledge these days. You know, it's funny. We don't see this as much of a sin or problem at all because we are becoming less religious, especially in America. Next is honoring our parents. And this is where we commit to our parents because we want our children to do the same for us. But also it is the right thing to do. And right versus wrong keeps us in check. And honoring parents is something universal to everyone worldwide, no matter the culture. Now up next is thou shall not kill. Here is a serious sin where we always make sure we don't cause physical harm to others. And the laws of the land are structured accordingly as well. Adultery comes next, which a lot of people wouldn't even see as a sin. But as a commandment, this immoral form of conduct breaks up families and hurts communities overall. Next is stealing. Stealing comes along next with us holding in fears of taking things that do not belong to us. For the believers, you feel God is watching, but most people fear some sort of repercussion. So taking something, even when no one is watching, works on the mind. Next is not bearing false witness to something is an action one does, but can go against not only a commandment, but a serious consequence in life. We don't want to make accusations that could hurt more than help. And here we are with the last commandment that can be seen as a sin that affects the psyche, which is coveting. We most often covet the lifestyle of others or someone's significant other. This sin tends to make us reevaluate our morals for delving down this road. The guilt and shame makes it hard sometimes to come in contact with the person whose world or existence we covet. Now let's switch gears and look at some viewpoints. What are the academia views of sins? In the eyes of the academic world, they will look at sins as merely nothing more than guidelines to keep us in order. Rules that govern the masses for a more structured lifestyle. Walking through life as if sin is around the corner at every turn seems like an unproductive way to move through life. And quite frankly, it's not surprising why so many people are stuck in life because of their fears in religion. Now from these same academics, they will tell you sins are inescapable. Think about it. Human nature won't allow you to not be in sin. Every decision you make is attached to something which will render a negative response from God. And let's be honest, there are very few saints in this world. But even the saints have sinned at some point in their lives. So to exist in this world and try not to sin is to live a useless life. What about my views? Now, for me, I look at sins from the standpoint that are similar to those of the academics. 
where if we are constantly living our lives through the lens of a deity, then we are truly living a full, but are we truly living a full life? And a life that isn't full is almost in and of itself sinful. Why? Well, your life becomes a waste being here on earth because you were meant to live it holy. Therefore, you might be robbing the world of something the world needs because you're afraid to step out into it. The biggest fear in life is living out my life and realizing it meant nothing. Everyone wants a life of purpose, yet few live a meaningful life. What is that famous quote again? Most men live lives of quiet desperation. What does sin still have to do with this fear? Fear of sins keeps you in, keeps you stuck. You're going to break rules. It's all in context of how the rules are broken and to what end. Which brings us to the overall reason for this episode. Are we truly born into a sinful situation? This is the summary of this episode regarding being born into sin. Let's observe this thought process. If your parents were not married, you were born into a sinful situation. If brought into this world through rape and incest, then you are born through sin. Does this mean you are hellbound? No, it does not because you are not in control of how you entered life. Yet we all have a way to change the outcomes of our lives inevitably. And with this end statement, why we have to understand being born into sin. This episode analyzes what sins are so that we can better understand what a sinful situation is when being brought into the world and not only born, but also raised in sin. Now, we can't judge a child because of how the parents raise them. It is no more their fault than the infant born into sin themselves. But what will you do to change that? Will you lead a life of greed? Lust, envy, pride, sloth, gluttony, and wrath? Well, you have a balance to your life, to where the heat is on, and you function well under the stress. Also, remember that human nature won't also allow you to have full void of sin. Which is yet another reason we are born into sin. Thank you for listening to End the Know. And I'll be bringing you another episode regarding religion. The topic will be covering the seven deadly sins as a series, starting with the, the sin envy.